Welcome to the podcast Found in Estonia, where we talk with foreigners who have made Estonia their home. I am Tina. And I am Kaisa. And we are both Estonians living in Estonia that have seen the world. <laughs> Our aim is to bring Estonians and its expat community closer to each other, give an insight to the background and how they've made Estonia their home, and to just hear interesting stories about us Estonians and the way how foreigners see us. We really love hearing your feedback and to keep in touch with us, go to our website, which is foundinestonia.ee and join our email community, write to us. You can find all the contacts over there. And in case you feel the need to write to us any kind of feedback or just share um, what your thoughts were after listening to a podcast episode, you can do so by reaching out to us over at Instagram or Facebook. We always love getting feedback and we always love sharing stories and conversations with you as well. So with that said, enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, you have we met before. I heard you. We're found in Estonia. Hey, I want to hear all those stories. So let's keep talking. Today's episode is with Marino from Italy. His story is pretty cool because... He's working as an IT guy by day, and in the evenings, he actually started his own dancing school. He didn't grow up with dancing, so he's sharing his uh, story how he ended up in the Latin dance world. The dance school is called Latin Passion, and he shares how he started with it, how he is managing it as his evening job, what are the three main reasons why people actually start taking dance lessons, He also shares uh, what are the differences between Estonian introverts and Estonian extroverts, how different it might be to take care of some paperwork in Italy versus in Estonia. And we also hear why his father, after he came to Estonia, started to travel only with his own coffee machine. And talking about coffee, we also touched the, the subject of Italian espresso, how people drink it in Italy and how we are used to drinking it in Estonia. And of course there's more, so let's dive in and let the conversation unfold. Enjoy. Welcome uh, to both of you. And uh, my name is Marino. I'm uh, coming from Italy. And I've been uh, here in Estonia first time, actually quite many years ago. I guess it was like beginning of 2007. Oh, so that okay. makes uh, almost 13 years uh, in the making. And uh, right now here in, uh, I've been living most of uh, this time in uh, in Estonia. Uh, I was a couple of years in uh, in Finland, but then I decided that I prefer to be back in Tartu. So eventually, mm-hmm. yeah, let's say 13 months to yeah, uh, 11 years. And um Right now, um, working during the day, like daytime job, and then in the evening, I'm also managing dance school, teaching uh, Latin dances here in Tartu, and um, yeah, really quite enjoying my time. Yeah. Did you learn to dance like before coming here, or you learned to dance those dances in Estonia? <laughs> I, I. I was always having an interest for Latin dancing, but um, the interesting part was that actually I. Uh, starting loving Latin dancing when I was in uh, when I was in Finland, because uh, that was the in that period uh, in Finland in which I was trying to make friends. I was working there, but I could not really uh, had the opportunity to socialize. I was attending any 
events that were for expats. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a certain point, then I I found out that there were Latin dance classes in in uh, in Finland, and um, that uh, what what um, that's how it started basically. And uh, I was. Uh, learning quite a lot i was liking it every single day and uh, i had opportunity there to not just uh, learning but also making friends so eventually when uh, i took a decision to go back to tartu uh, then i realized that uh, yeah i could not just uh, now stop i want to bring this uh, bring this to my, uh, with myself and uh, as in tartu there were not so many there weren't actually dance socials almost at all. There were just a group of people that were interested. Um, yeah, I started that all uh, all by myself, and uh, first by giving classes once in a week, and then getting uh, getting more classes, getting more instructors, and now now it's a pretty much a packed schedule. And um, yeah, really really liking liking what I did, and myself as dancer. Um, I found it a very one of my favorite hobbies. Yes, for for sure, it's something that I I really loved and uh, I really keep loving, and I never get tired of it. <laughs> so full disclaimer: um, <laughs> if you remember Ada from our previous podcast, then uh, uh, Ada is also one of the students, including with me, yeah. <laughs> that uh, Marino has uh, taught. So us I'm the guy that basically I've been putting yes. everyone together. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Marino is the fault that I am dancing bachata and salsa right now. But I think uh, that's a good thing to be accused of. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your dance school, Latin Passion, is also a really nice place uh, mm-hmm. for foreigners as well as Estonian peoples to come to. So for me personally, it was very welcoming. And I think it's a super impressive thing that you came to Estonia so that, hey, there are no dance schools in here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. essentially created something so big in Tartu, which is kind of for the rest of the world in the middle of nowhere. So uh, was it very hard initially to um, get Estonians into dancing? here in Tartu and here in Estonia because Estonians are not very known for being like the dancing crowd yeah I, I, I initially when I when I saw how many people were interested in Latin dancing maybe something like uh, 10 10 15 mm-hmm. people maximum uh, I was really thinking that uh, it would be really nice to have more people more people uh, liking that because compared to uh, other countries, other cities. Uh, yeah, Tartu had a very a small community, and uh, there was there was a lot of potential. There was uh, a lot of interest, and I knew that uh, people would have been interested in doing more uh, more regular uh, parties. So when I started, I felt uh, very optimistic, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and yeah, after. Uh, Almost, uh, almost uh, ten years. I can see that I'm still optimistic. I haven't changed my opinion, but also learned more about Estonians because, um, uh, in a certain way, uh, my expectations about how Estonians would have been um, uh, approaching uh, Latin social dancing, yeah, maybe it was uh, different from what actually <laughs> what, what what actually happened. Okay. I guess the the most clear example was that. Um, 
uh, after maybe one or two months, I, you know, Latin dancing are a social, are a, I mean, Latin dancing is, is a social dance, yeah. which means that uh, you do not need to come with your own uh, fixed partner. You can just uh, go to a salsa club, you can go to a event and uh, you do not actually even need to know the person at all. You can approach any person that you know can follow if you're a leader. So, mm-hmm. and uh, invite him to dance and, um, and, and that's it. And uh, you don't even have to speak with each other. You <laughs> might not even have, have to speak the same language. So, um, so I was expecting really that uh, a lot of uh, Estonians, but also a lot of people from Tartu were embracing this, uh, this concept. Uh, after a while, uh, I started experiencing more that uh, people were coming with their own partner. And uh, they were essentially, uh, some of them were kind of like say, oh no, I want to dance only with my own partner. I don't want that this partner dance with anyone else. <laughs> and uh, at the beginning I was kind of like, okay, but uh, if you if you want to dance with your partner, then you are missing quite a lot of what actually social <laughs> dancing is. And But uh, uh, at the beginning I let them do. Uh, for example, I guess there was uh, one funny episode when, uh, uh, when uh, you know, there in a, uh, especially in Latin dance in salsa, we have this kind of dances in that are like group uh, uh, group dances, mm-hmm. like everyone dance in a ring, and after a few seconds we we switch position. Uh, I, Estonian folk dances, I guess they have uh, something uh, something similar mm-hmm. as well. And uh, I was really curious to see if those couples that didn't want to switch would have been able to to join. And they still didn't want to join. They still were outside the circle and they were trying to do the same moves, but just with themselves. So it was something that I realized in the in that moment. I realized that okay, I have to um, embrace this approach. I don't have to change their mind. I want to because eventually. Uh, then I realized uh, uh, for uh, many people, especially Estonians, they uh, they want to... Latin dance is kind of like uh, mostly, uh, it's a hobby, but it can be even just entertainment mm-hmm. uh, for opportunity for them to do something different from their daily life. Something that, something that they just... Um, disconnect their brain they just forget everything about bills yeah, exactly. uh, children <laughs> mortgages and uh, work promise they just relax in that case uh, you don't want to force them to obey to the social dancing rules you don't have okay you must dance with other people okay just uh, just dance with your partner learn something and just uh, chill just have a get the most out of this and uh, in a certain moment I I decide to embrace. I decide that okay, let them uh, do this. And uh, even in my dance school now, we have a dance course that is dedicated to partner to, mm-hmm. to couples. Mm-hmm. So there is a course in which people absolutely don't have to switch; they can just dance, and uh, it's one of the maybe most fun courses because uh, we teach some technique, some foundation, but then we try to make them uh, give a real challenge, and we try something. Uh, <laughs> Let's say that can put them outside of their comfort zone. And uh, it's really fun. And uh, we see uh, some of the people um, really enjoy that that, that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting because, yeah, you can really learn about uh, how Estonian people uh, can approach this because uh, some people really enjoy 
uh, both both of them, and you can see that maybe this this person, uh, these couples, feel even more connected with dance when they finally have one hour in which uh, they are not anymore so busy from their yeah, daily life. Take time for themselves. Yeah, and uh, or maybe they have some time themselves because maybe they have something to heal in their own relationship, so it's a good opportunity. Uh, sometimes we see also the negative parts. For example, uh, maybe one partner is uh, inviting, let's say between brackets, but is actually almost forcing the partner to come uh, <laughs> with her because they, she doesn't have a partner of his own. And maybe the, the, the lady is very enthusiastic and the guy absolutely <laughs> doesn't feel like he wants to, he wants to be there mm-hmm. or vice versa. Yeah. Maybe it's the guy is more enthusiastic and, and the lady. So we see a lot of, uh, we see a lot of different things and uh yeah in general i always hope that uh, whenever any person or pair or couple or any person that comes to the studio i i feel happy if i see that they they are uh, they uh, the class is over and they actually go back home and they feel uh, they feel just they feel happy they feel that they actually have spent spent a good a good time mm. But based on uh, based on all of that, you then obviously as a teacher and as somebody that is organizing events and then has spent quite a lot of time here in Estonia, uh, you uh, probably have some stereotypes about Estonians as well. Or you can at least uh, explain what an Estonian is. <laughs> what are we like? Uh, and, and yeah, what makes us Estonian? <laughs> it's kind of like... Um... You know, maybe it's because of the fact that I've been living here so many years already. Mm-hmm. So I, I, some people will say that I left my Italian spirit and I just integrated <laughs> myself too much into a destination one in a such a mm-hmm. level that at a certain point I might not even notice the difference between the, the two. Uh, but on the other hand, yeah, probably before I, I, I moved to Estonia. I was in like in, uh, I was pretty much traveling. I was active in my student organization and therefore I was visiting uh, different countries in, um, in uh, Europe. So mm-hmm. I was living, uh, one year in Belgium and, uh, half a year in, um, in France, uh, one year in Germany, mm-hmm. half a year in uh, Hungary. So eventually I was in that kind of process, you know, when you, uh, start learning different cultures and you start uh, embedding them yourself and you re- become more like a European citizen with all the different aspects from different countries. So when you arrive uh, in a certain adventure, you start see, okay, this one is understandable, this one is understandable, <laughs> this one is fine, this one not. <laughs> what was so, uh, any examples of what was not understandable? Uh, now I have to start... Um, <laughs> Of, of figuring <laughs> figuring things out, of th- mm-hmm. figuring things up, but um, um, yeah, there was one uh, particular thing that I was um, noticing was that uh, I guess there is even an Estonian joke about that. Uh, I guess the the joke of the elephant. <laughs> the uh, that, the elephant? Yeah, uh, it was something <laughs> like uh, I guess it was like um, I don't know if you ever you ever explained this one joke, but it was like. Uh, a German and a Russian and Estonian uh. that meet an elephant and uh, the German and the Russian have their own approach. Mm-hmm. They like uh, this elephant has, has a good meat and the German <laughs> thinks that this elephant is a good, has a lot of power okay. and the Estonian thing uh, says, um, I wonder what elephant thinks about me. <laughs> and, uh, oh, sorry, I've never heard that joke before. I have, I yeah. have. <laughs> and then I realized uh, 
<laughs> when walking uh, I'm, along with friends, maybe I go for a walk and my friend is um, uh, is around. Uh, my friend walks around me, and maybe we are crossing people. And uh, then he comes to see. I wonder why that person is watching me with this expression, and also that one is watching me this way. <laughs> and I start thinking. I, will, I was always starting thinking like, why they care so much about how the people give your sights, and mm-hmm. might wondering why they, why uh, what they might think about you. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I realized that it's not only my friend, but it was. <laughs> At least a few amount of few few people few amount of people that uh, were uh, saying the same thing. So I, I realized that was one thing that uh, yeah definitely Estonians wonder about other people what other people can think. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we just care about whether other people are judging us, or is it that we're just careful about not giving away too much? Or? Uh, probably both, <laughs> in a certain <laughs> way that uh, uh, they. Yes, they don't. They don't feel that they want to give uh, away too much. But even, for example, um, let's say, even if uh, let's keep, for example, a group conversation. I'm talking with one person, and this this external person is talk with with me. Then she will definitely start thinking about what I think, think about, about her, so <laughs> that she can adjust her, is her conversation mm-hmm. or take uh, a different action. Let's so say. So would you say that we are like super caring and we want to like. And make sure that the other person like feels good, so we are like the ones who are like ad- uh, wanting to ad- adjust. Uh, <laughs> that could be one way of saying things. <laughs> but you don't seem convinced. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or the second better. thing is simply they don't want that. Uh, they don't want that people uh, judge them. That's the, um, they don't, don't want. They that. just don't want to be judged. Yes, <laughs> that's one uh, one part. Do you think the Italians have the similar part, or they are like don't don't care at all what other people think about them? Uh, I think probably they care, but not as much as much as Estonians would. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I found it surprising, surprising, and um, and when I realized that this was a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I realized, okay, that's real. That's really something <laughs> that uh, it's really, uh, you have to live with it. Uh, and, uh, but uh, that was not the only thing that, um, that uh, I realized about, uh, that, that was, uh-huh. that was, um, one of yeah. <laughs> okay. I, at the beginning of uh, when I came to Estonia, I, okay, I start learning Estonian language. Um, it's my language, let's say it's good for conversation. Uh, my Estonian is good for conversation. It's not uh, it's not polished at all. I didn't ever really had the chance to follow all the all, all the language courses. But I started learning some expressions, and mm-hmm. um, I was surprised when uh, uh, Estonians say uh, the expression "maitea." Uh, um, <laughs> okay. It was something that uh, at the beginning, uh, okay, literally it means I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and but after I started hearing uh, my idea by many different people, I started to realize that it was not only that the okay. meaning. What else is there? I then I realized that it has a bit more, uh, more, more, um, more, um, more deep meaning. Something like uh, I'm not able to provide this information, and please. Uh, don't blame me <laughs> for that. Oh, okay. So, so there's a little bit of yeah. guilt in there? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Maybe the person is expecting that uh, if Estonian friend answers, 
and uh, can uh, give an answer to his questions and the person really doesn't know what to say or doesn't know how to help and say my dear <laughs> and but when you start see hearing that repeatedly then you start uh, easily going to the assumption that okay Estonians do not know anything because <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing uh-huh. you hear so that was kind of like the um, the funny part that I that I saw from from this expression let's say uh-huh. Oh, that's hmm. funny. That's funny. Where are you from, actually, in uh, Italy? I'm from uh, South Italy. It's a city called uh, Bari, and that's pretty much where, the, if you know that Italy has the shape of a boot, mm-hmm. it's pretty much where the hill is. Yeah. How so, big is your city? Uh, it's slightly more than Tallinn, so I guess we are talking about like uh, 300,000, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Oh, that's nice. It's... Uh, mm-hmm. it's um, How can I explain? Um, what, um, one second. <laughs> that complicated. Okay. No, no, it's, it's a very lovely city. That's yeah. uh, absolutely something that uh, I will I will never mm-hmm. deny, and I'm always happy when I, when I go there. The the funny part is more the fact that uh, you know in Estonia when you travel, mm-hmm. you see you take a bus in uh, two hours you are in the capital, yeah. mm-hmm. and you take another bus and in uh, one one hour you are at the border, yeah. and then after two hours you're already in the capital yeah. city of the other country. <laughs> in uh, in my city in Bari, okay, it's not in the very south, but still you need to take 10 hours of bus and you are only at the north of oh the country. My God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh So for me it's something like until probably the pri- the average price of the flight tickets starts decreasing for me getting out of italy was something like that you at least have to travel one day oh, wow. mm-hmm. so in in a sort of way I, i i can say that yeah when you live in in bari and eventually you are you don't have more many opportunities opportunities mm-hmm. to Uh, face uh, or to visit other countries so you don't have so much opportunity to actually see people from other countries mm-hmm. yeah. when you are in uh, in Estonia or or for example when you are in some part of uh, let's say cent- uh, Western Europe like Belgium that you can basically go to Netherlands Germany and mm-hmm. Luxembourg so easily then of course it's another topic but uh, there in Italy you have to realize that if you don't have really much possibilities then you can That's all, that's only mm. Italy, let's say. That's only <laughs> yeah. South Italy. So do most people like in Estonia and in Europe, like people go to vacations, like we say we go to a sunny country to like Tenerife or somewhere to mm-hmm. people in Italy, do they stay in the country or do they travel outside for vacations? Uh, if it's there? for um, a sea vacation, mm-hmm. then there is no reason to to the get out of Italy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just go to the sea. Uh, we, have, we have a joke in Italy uh, when it was the, the lockdown mm-hmm. because I say, yeah, we are not, because, you know, in Italy during the lockdown, there was a moment in which you were not allowed to get out of your region. Yeah. yeah. It's something like in Estonia, they will not allow you to get out of Tartuma. And we were joking because say, ah, oh, yeah, I'm in South Italy. I cannot get out of the region. So basically... It's not only good, it's also that other people cannot come into our, in our region, so we can have all the, the seaside and, the, um, and the, all the holiday places for ourselves, which is yeah. absolutely, absolutely amazing. Paradise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is yeah. that a thing uh, over there that uh, during summer a lot of people uh, travel to the, to the seaside or to uh, those regions? Yeah, because actually it's not like everyone in Italy lives on the seaside. Yeah. So they basically, they basically move, they, they, 
essentially, especially August. Um, August, uh, most of the cities are uh, empty. Really? The institutions are on, on a break. The shops close for uh, two weeks. And uh, therefore, yeah, everyone goes on, on vacation and they found some good location where to stay. Who likes the sea? Most of the people. Or who likes the mountain? Also, so yeah, they don't they don't really have to travel uh, so much. But of course, there is uh, uh, those who want to have a more uh, exotic vacation. So they might go to Spain or to Cyprus or to Malta or to Greece. <laughs> so to Italians, that is uh, exotic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like nobody yeah, for, would come to Estonia. Yeah, it could be, it could be yeah. exotic for Italian to take the ferry oh. and go to Greece. <laughs> for them it's something like yeah something absolutely absolutely uh, absolutely wrong, yeah, <laughs> so what, what are italians like like mm-hmm. you know if, if you if i as an estonian had never met an italian what mm-hmm. what is an italian person like i know there are stereotypes of um, course, but... i guess a few <laughs> a few of your uh, guests already have mentioned that um, in estonia a lot of things Uh, go fast, Mm -hmm. especially for what concerns like, uh, you know, institutions, Mm -hmm. uh, salaries, taxes, uh, Mm -hmm. which is an extremely good, uh, good thing. In Italy, you have to live with the fact that all of these things, uh, unfortunately, still go much slower. Okay. (laughs) You might have, uh, let's say, even like uh, simple things like bank payments. Mm. Yeah, bank payments in many countries still uh, take uh, at least, uh, at least one day. Mm. While uh, here in, in Estonia, most of the payments now have become instant. And uh, even for requesting documents, uh, uh, you need to wait a lot and you need to have the proper paper. And sometimes you have to also know the right people, which is okay. uh, fun. I guess there was one uh, one uh, funny funny case uh, when I was in Italy for, um, for um, Christmas vacation and uh, had a Estonian friend with me. And uh, uh, it was also time that uh, I had to renew my driving license. And I didn't want at that, uh, that uh, the time to actually switch my Italian driving license with an Estonian one. I said, okay, let's just, if I'm on vacation in Italy, let's just uh, do it there. It, maybe it's gonna be easy. <laughs> and. Uh, my parents say that, uh, okay, but then you have to this, uh, go to this place and then you have to schedule. It's going to take like two months. Uh, you, of course, you can stay in Italy for two months. Eventually, my father made the phone call and called if he, some family friend. And uh, he told me, ah, yeah, a family friend has another friend whose friend is this kind of doctor <laughs> that is... Uh, uh, making this uh, health check mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for uh, for people to, so that you can actually get the renewal of the driving license, which I mean we have basically doctors that are authorized for doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to the fact that uh, in in Estonia you just go to your family doctor, he's yeah, going to do exactly. the check on the spot, and that's it. So, but as it was around Christmas, and uh, uh, they just my father has told me, "Ah oh, no, take your friend, drive to this city." And um, uh, talk with this guy in this bar, in a bar, <laughs> oh and uh, he's gonna take care of this. Oh, so sounds I, like, so shady. Sounds like a movie you could yeah. think. So I went there with my friend in a car, and uh, I went to meet this uh, friend of my father, 
And uh, he told me, yeah, the doctor is planned to pass by by this bar in about some minutes. <laughs> and uh, so let's just uh, chat. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. And of course, I could not do anything else but wait, because otherwise, if uh, if not, I would not have got my this uh, check. So I would not get my the renewal of my driving license. So we stayed there and we were chatting and uh, it turned those few minutes turned out to be two hours. <laughs> so after two hours, my Estonian friend was absolutely upset because mm-hmm. he said, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> I said, we are just waiting. We are just waiting for this uh, guide. Mm-hmm. And my friend told me there is absolutely no sense why we have to wait for this guy. <laughs> why mm-hmm. why he doesn't come already? Why, uh, why we have to wait for him? It's not even a doctor's studio. It's a bar. Mm-hmm. We are just having coffee. Eventually, this doctor came and uh, he said, what's your name, Marino? I say, uh, what what number is this? And made me like a number sign. And uh, uh, oh, fine, here's your check. <laughs> and my friend was absolutely <laughs> surprised. I said, how the hell it works? <laughs> and that's basically the story. I got my first renewal of my driving license. And... Uh, I guess it was, uh, for my friend, yeah, it was kind of like a nonsense experience. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes, I don't say that in Italy it's always like this, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, there are certain moments in which to get what you need, mm-hmm. you need to have the right friends and mm-hmm. sometimes you have to uh, compromise and just uh, take it easy and don't uh, don't be so stressed about it and eventually you will be able to to get what you, to get what you want. Would you say in general Italians are very laid back? I absolutely think so. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because of the fact that they are so laid back because everything takes time, so they're kind of used to not wanting everything straight up? Or? Yeah, I guess we do not have any need to be fast in a certain way. <laughs> and um, we don't have, uh, let's say, the, um, we don't have this kind of like, uh, I mean, uh, not not every not uh, not all the economy requires to be for you to act fast. Um, mm-hmm. Many places like shops and uh, especially in smaller cities have their business and they know that they work this way. They are always going this way for uh, for years and years, mm-hmm. so they don't see the reason or the need to 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 make it quicker. Mm-hmm. So that means that sometimes uh, people um, feel more relaxed. They just go to the office or to their shop, and then maybe after um, at lunchtime they they meet their colleagues or their friends. They have a coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, they go back to work. And um, yeah, the, it feels much more um, more relaxed in a, in a way. Uh, it's in Estonia, yeah, you sometimes you have like you do your work at twelve. Uh, Maybe you have, if you are in uh, with work colleagues, you go for lunch, you get your uh, piva prat, <laughs> and you do your piva prat. You do, and then you just go back straight to straight to work. It's like pretty pretty much um, straightforward, uh-huh. let's say. Would you say Estonians are very very hard working or too hard working <laughs> compared to Italians? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We could yeah. relax a little, uh-huh. <laughs> or no? I think that a certain part, let's say. Uh, um, I mean, Italians can absolutely work hard. That's the moment in which there, there are moments in situation in which uh, we put our own effort. But uh, the point is that uh, we don't always have to. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, and we realize there are moments in which you you, you just, just cannot expect during the, a whole year or a whole season that every single working day you have to give like uh, 200% of yeah, work. Exactly. So they, if they know that they realize that there are some moments in which you have uh, to give 100%, then they will give 300%. Okay. But yeah. then they realize that, okay, if you have done this one, then <laughs> the other days we can give 20, 30. We, have, we can, uh, we can think, take th- things easy. So they like to do this intense sprints and then chillax again and then when something comes up they do super intensely work work and then yeah. oh espresso <laughs> yeah yeah we can we can say that say yeah. that okay nice. so how was growing up in italy for you like uh, did you know already when you were uh, young that you want to get outside of italy or is it something that came along because you <laughs> traveled to different countries and you know had like, different experiences uh i think that uh, uh I wasn't really going abroad, uh, go, going out of Italy until I I started university, and it was in that moment then I realized that, uh, uh, especially for what concerns like career or interests, uh, you might realize that uh, sometimes you you don't have all the opportunities. I say if you have some good initiative, you want to make example, make your own company, make, make your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might, ex- especially for all the bureaucratical things that I already yeah. mentioned, <laughs> you might find it uh, kind of like challenging. Okay, it's a nice so, way of putting yeah. it. So at the beginning, I was admiring. I was I was just admiring uh, uh, countries in uh, in uh, in uh, Europe, like for mm-hmm. example, I don't know. Uh, Germany or England, in which I had the feeling that things were going much easier, much mm-hmm. faster, or just generally better. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I was and I was feeling like more interested in this, and also the fact that yeah, being in Italy, you speak all Italian, and but uh, being IT person, mm-hmm. you need to start. Uh, handling and uh, writing and understanding in English. Mm-hmm. So that gives naturally an interest towards uh, in, uh, cultures where you have to speak English, let's mm-hmm. say. So for me uh, there, um, traveling to other countries was something like uh, something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a certain moment, I became interested to um, a student organization in uh, in my hometown, uh, which is called IGE, it's European Students Forum, and okay. which had different uh, different local branches, including here in Tartu. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a moment in which uh, I understood about, for example, projects like um, exchanges or uh, youth events, where yeah. you can just travel and you just do work on projects or just have fun and, and so on and uh, understanding more between that uh, from from uh, learning more from people from from different countries so after i became more active in this kind of organizations try to think about continuing my career or my my life let's say outside of it it was kind of like a natural let's say so um eventually one of these student projects brought me to to estonia because i was pretty Basically, organizing uh, IT, uh, IT, um, IT project 
so like you've exchanged but focus on IT so with mm-hmm. uh, workshops that were uh, uh, focused on IT for uh, student student organizations okay. so that was actually what uh, eventually brought me to brought me to Estonia and um, yeah when I finished that uh, that project I still was looking for a job I started working more on IT field so I started taking projects uh, as I say, in different mm-hmm. countries like Belgium and uh, Germany and Hungary. And when I finished these uh, projects, um, eventually I decided, okay, I have time. I can go wherever I want. And I decided to come to Estonia for New Year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any, I didn't have any work because my project was uh, was finished. So I was looking for a job, and uh, I was able to find a job here almost instantly. Oh wow! And uh, and therefore, that's what was supposed to be just a small break turned out to be many, many years, let's say. So what kind of a job do you do? What is this uh, IT guy thing you keep yeah, talking well, about? Uh, I, <laughs> at the beginning, when I was finishing uh, my, uh, when I had my master's degree in IT, in computer science, sorry, uh, I started becoming more uh, interested in um, mobile software development. Yeah. Because those were the times in which we still had the little Nokias and the mm-hmm. little Sony Ericsson's. So you couldn't really uh, make uh, very complex uh, apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my first app was something like a little app in which you enter your uh, customer cart mm-hmm. and you collect points so that then next time that you go to the gas station, you get your gasoline cheaper. <laughs> so it was something like enter your number, mm-hmm. ta, 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 enter your number. Okay, you, now you have 20 points. And that was it. Yeah. And it was like uh, something was on a little uh, <laughs> display, which was, uh, which, which look, looks cute now that you start thinking back <laughs> to it, let's say. So uh, eventually I, I start in uh, I start in being more interested into into that. So pretty much all my projects for a good amount of years were focused on uh, on uh, on uh, on mobile apps. Mm-hmm. With the only difference that, of course, uh, with the years the phones were becoming bigger and with more colors and bigger display mm-hmm. and with. Uh, more, more memory and so you could do more fancy stuff let's say yeah no more snake game <laughs> yeah, no more snake stuff yeah anymore. do you still do it or now you're focused on dancing uh well that's the interesting part because my day job is uh, is, in, is it i'm a front-end software developer and especially i did it because uh, even if i like so much uh, dancing uh, um i realized that i you know, you you need to keep your mind uh, interest, uh, mind, mind focused on different interests, mm-hmm. and so you cannot just uh, have your life that is focused only mm-hmm. only on one thing. So for me, eventually, I wanted to do something something else during the daytime, and uh, I decided to to stick on, stick on IT. And uh, well, it depends. Uh, there were moments in which I start making apps for uh, for uh, for. Uh, for iPhone or Android phones. Mm-hmm. Now lately, I'm uh, more doing uh, web apps, but um, still there has been kind of like nice uh, crossover because uh, I'm manager of my own dance school, but uh, that doesn't mean that I'm just teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the school is becoming bigger, uh, I basically designed the website of the school mm-hmm. by myself. 
And you know, and that's when I'm sta- I started really having a lot of fun because, uh, you know, um, as I was mentioning to the um, uh, before, let's say, okay, okay, let's say when you when you when you all, when you give a class, um, you have a little problem, especially for social dance classes, and it's the fact that there are generally way more ladies than guys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So what happened is that. Uh, um, it's difficult to handle uh, this in a, in a such a way. I mean, a good instructor can obviously even give a class when you have five guys and 10 ladies, but uh, it's not a good experience for, uh, for, for everyone. So eventually I decided to make my own website in a such a way that if people register can only, uh, let's say, the, the registrations are limited in such a way that eventually the class, the amount of people that are showing up uh, will be balanced so in such a way that okay if i already have like uh, six six guys and eight ladies then i will not accept further ladies Mm -hmm. Uh, so in order in order to in order that everyone has um, has a very pleasant class so Mm -hmm. that means that even if i'm now uh, focusing a lot on my dance studio i still have to sometimes i just work on my website Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, even consider all these uh, cases. Mm-hmm. And um, let's say, um, let's say, I've been here like, uh, I mean, giving this class for almost 10 years, mm-hmm. and still there are scenarios that I would never <laughs> expected before. So, just, yeah. so it's like you, you always have to be. Um, <laughs> You you still have to expect the unexpected, okay. let's say. For example. Yeah. Well, um, one classical example is, uh, for example, the people uh, register and then for some reason they decide to not to show up. Mm. So in that case, of course, I invite them to tell, listen, go to the website, click on one button, and you think that it's going to be a very easy thing. There is no problem. No. <laughs> so sometimes it happens that, for example, people forget to cancel the classes. And even if they are supposed to be maybe 10 and 10, then you all of a sudden you find uh, it can be five guys and 10 ladies, but yeah. it can also be 10 guys and five ladies, yeah. because why not? <laughs> yeah, so you... you you mm-hmm. find this kind of uh, situations yeah. and then maybe you uh, you realize maybe one hour before the class that uh, oh gosh we have too many guys and mm-hmm. too little ladies what the hell and you have to basically send a message around mm-hmm. to all the ladies that you know or, mm-hmm. that, that sounds good. So that sounds weird but so I mean, you have a the... list of backup ladies yeah <laughs> and a list of backup guys even yeah. i have gotten an invite once so. <laughs> well of course of course mm-hmm. the list of backup guys is more more used than than the yeah, one, but the, the fact is that you know um, you have also these kind of scenarios. Like uh, sometimes the ladies mm-hmm. don't show up or they forget to cancel, and then when I tell them why you didn't cancel, I say, but I think that usually there are always too many ladies than uh, than guys. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, yesterday we had actually double of the, the amount of the <laughs> yeah. guys because of this. So yeah, you know, there is too. always this kind of like assumptions that uh, eventually turn out to not be turn out turn out to not be correct. Let's say, mm-hmm. and so in a certain way, I I realized, and every time you always learn more about mm-hmm. uh, uh, about uh, how how people approach the, the classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you try to, of course, 
accommodate them, try to help them out as much as they can and try to do as much as possible that uh, they are happy, but you do not feel overly stressed because then uh, otherwise then uh, every day I will start wondering if like, I wonder if mm-hmm. this class has enough people in this class has uh, <laughs> yeah. balanced amount of people and, and, and so on and on. It's a yes. lot of stressing yeah. to do, but so, it's nice that you've uh, combined your like newly found, found passion with like pre-existing skills of IT, and then now you have like yeah, combined them all. Yeah, definitely a useful skill to have. I wish somebody would make me a website. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always uh, let's say amazed when, uh, for example, there are some people that they say oh, I have an idea, but I need someone who makes mm-hmm. who makes me a website for that. And in my case, for, <laughs> fortunately, I don't have to look for one because I can do it myself. So whenever I I know that there is something that I can adjust in in, in order to to make so that the classes, the studio work better, I'm able to, to do it myself. So I kind of like find find myself happy that even that I can uh, face these challenges using the skills that I have. That can be IT or it can be even general project management and marketing. So in, in a sort of way, yeah, being in uh, managing dancers today is, uh, it's kind of like a full package. You really need to have a lot of uh, experience in different fields. Yeah. And, um, and if you really love what you, what you do, then it's really gives you, gives you a lot of, um, satisfaction. Yeah. Considering and, that you are, you have a day job and an evening job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just need the uh, free time because that's, uh, <laughs> unfortunately it's, uh, it's not a very good, um, it's very precious. You don't get the, uh, so much of it lately. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in general, I will say that, uh, what I find more, um, uh, more satisfying, uh, is when you see that actually people that come there, maybe they, um, especially the people that do not join this, uh, couple scores, the people mm-hmm. that come to the studio alone, you see them. Uh, when they start their own very first class. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, if they really like, you see that they are kind of like, uh, they change. Mm-hmm. They, you can see that they become happier and they see that they become from, let's say from, okay, that would be a joke. Let's say they can become from being completely introvert to slightly more mm-hmm. extrovert. <laughs> Come out of our shell. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you know, in, in Estonia, they have, I guess they have another joke that is something like this, that um, an Estonian introvert uh, would look at his own shoes. An Estonian extrovert will look at the other person's shoes. Oh, okay. And that applies really a lot to dance studio because yeah, in the day, when people are the, the, the classes, the first thing they do is always keep the head down and watching their feet and... You cannot imagine how many times I have to tell the partner, please watch your partner, not your shoes. Okay. They do, your shoes do not go anywhere. They're always there. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about that. Oh yeah. The eye contact part is hard for Estonians. Yeah, that is. But I guess it, in that case, it's more like, um, how to say, still to be unsecured of mm. their dance steps. But then I, then I realized that, yeah, maybe that's also that part. But uh, I do believe that uh, as it was actually for me, even um, when you feel that you are starting catching up with the the 10 steps, so you are genuinely enjoying, uh, people feel more relaxed and therefore then they are able to be more uh, open and more able to be actually more communicative with with their partner. Mm -hmm. 
there have been quite a few cases in which the thing escalated in such a way that I, I know that uh, there have been like people who found his own girlfriend or boyfriend, or actually in a couple of cases, I even know people that got married because <laughs> they met at the, the dance studio. Oh, so so uh, like, you're like a matchmaker as well. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> okay. Because, but, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you, you joke, but essentially yeah. that is a, a very good point. Like that was one of the reasons why I came to dance yeah. because it, dancing in its own is a very good uh, balance between masculine and feminine yeah. side. It's like in, in a dance class, a woman kind of follows and needs to let go of the control, making yeah. him less independent and guy gets to lead and... Yeah. Learn. And uh, we have a joke in the dance community that the three wrong reasons why a person takes classes are <laughs> finding a mate, uh, lose weight, or because just the teacher is hot. So, <laughs> but they're all very valid points because yeah. if they get the people there, like, what do you care? Yeah, <laughs> you should, of course. Maybe you should uh, like make the, those your slogans, like, come here if you're... Don't, 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 do not list. Checkpoint. Because yeah. they say that people always like to do the forbidden fruit is the... Yeah. the yeah. I shouldn't probably make it like a um, registration form, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, what, okay, why are what you is here? the reason why you want to join? <laughs> click, click, click. Yeah, and the last one is like, I really want to learn to dance. <laughs> but of course, I I know that people want to want to do something different, interesting with their lives. And of course, some people want to get out of the comfort zone, mm. meet a new person, so I, it's important that uh, besides the educational part, there is the entertainment part and of course the 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 social part it's i feel kind of like uh, it feels kind of weird sometimes when for example i see people that come and take classes but i never see see at the parties yeah then i start realizing how exactly are you using the technique that you learned (laughs) like Like I'm um, sorry, one. It's like how exactly you use them if you don't well, even come to the. Maybe they use social. it in their CV or somewhere. And they're like, check, I've done this course. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but I think after all these years, do you not know that Estonians are pretty shy? <laughs> Some people take a long time to warm up to the social part. Like for me, the first party was like, oh, like this I, is the worst experience I've ever had. Well, I, I'm, eventually, <laughs> I realized that uh, yeah, there are. I'm, I'm always surprised that you can actually get uh, different results because yeah, there are some people that uh, will take the classes maybe for a lot of time that will never come and for no specific reason. And maybe <laughs> then you have uh, some people that take the first class and then you, they already at the party, yeah. even if they actually don't know <laughs> anything yet, yet if the basic step, how it goes, <laughs> let's say, which is, um, also, which is also nice, let's yeah. say. Oh. That's I, think. I, I I cannot even blame them because even myself the first time that i went to my first social dance class and i was uh, and i decided to go for the social part of it because uh, in in um, in some uh, dance schools they do like this that you do one hour of class but then you do already one hour of social so okay. there is not actually chance for you i mean there is a chance you can leave, of course, but uh, you already have the opportunity there to actually invite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, start dancing. And I do remember myself that my first social dance, I was doing the basics and I was not able to do a single move mm-hmm. because I had eventually this kind of like uh, psychological uh, block, let's say. But yeah, then I tried and tried and eventually everything got unlocked. So I eventually was able to to pass this uh, this um, 
this obstacle. Mm-hmm. But so that, that's why I really appreciate when people take uh, classes and they just jump into the into the fire. And I don't feel very 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 sad if they they want to take their time. But still. I hope that, of course, everyone that tries the class, then, of course, <laughs> yeah. I, would like to, mm-hmm. I would like to see you at the, the know, dance yeah. part. So just to explain why my, uh, my, why my first experience was, in my opinion, a little horrible <laughs> or scary. I was just, yeah, I'm an introvert as well, or how I like to call myself a cupboard introvert. So coming to the dance class for me was just a way to be more social, <laughs> because as a freelancer, I work at home all day long. So it was just the first time in a couple of months I had seen people. So you <laughs> can uh, maybe understand the excitement about seeing other people and also the fact that I really wanted to put uh, these new uh, things to test but you know if, if it is the very beginning then it can be a little bit daunting when somebody comes and you know starts twirling you around and and you don't really know you haven't let go of the control yet and that's mm-hmm. where I say that this uh, um, the the good part about dancing or the important part for me in mm-hmm. dancing is the fact that as an Estonian independent strong woman that is the one point where I'm like happy to let go my uh, you know my control and mm-hmm. uh, let whoever is leading me lead but it, mm-hmm. it takes a certain kind of like switch off in your head mm-hmm. not switch off as in I'm gonna be brain dead I'm not doing anything <laughs> but switch off in terms of like I don't need to control the situation mm-hmm. I just need to go with the flow and follow yeah. it and I think that yeah, is I agree the part on that, which is like super important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is also one one fact that uh, in general um, in some countries uh, if you go to a dance class uh, um, you prepare yourself many people not everyone many people prepare themselves like they go to a dance class mm-hmm. for example in the same way I like as they will go to the gym so they will have like it's a bit like sporty clothes or the just uh, proper dance attire with the dance shoes and so on mm-hmm. uh, this one is something that at least in Tartu I need to emphasize more because uh, people would uh, would just would just wouldn't do that mm-hmm. they would uh, just come to the dance classes in the same attire that mm-hmm. they are uh, coming from uh, from yeah. work uh, because uh, just because right now, especially the, at the beginning, they don't consider dancing as a, a specific, specific yeah. activity. It's mm-hmm. that you can do it like, oh yeah, one turn, I move one arm, mm-hmm. I move the other arm. I don't need to a special attire for that. Mm-hmm. So in a, but uh, yeah, I realized that in uh, some other countries, even like the beginners, okay, the beginners come down, they already come with dance attire. So they are coming like mm-hmm. already with the mindset that, yeah, we are going to do some dance activity we are going to move and 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 so on so i this was especially at the beginning uh now i see more and more historians that are really uh accepting latin social dancing as um as a sport kind of like sports activity mm-hmm. and therefore they are organized so sometimes i see some uh, ladies that are they're asking me i say what is the changing room i say oh, where i can change shoes it's like is it fine if these shoes are fine or should i put like protection or yeah. or uh, mm-hmm. things and so do you have showers which and already <laughs> the, the, when you say that you, if you ask do you have showers it means that they probably mean it like in a very <laughs> in a very hardcore way let's say <laughs> which is interesting because uh, in our dance studio we have showers so we have sauna we mm-hmm. don't use them because we know that they are not so much used but mm-hmm. technically they can take mm-hmm. a shower and they can uh, mm-hmm. they can change but uh, it's it's something that i was noticing more and more that yes we are uh, 
especially especially now that uh, people know more about Latin social dancing, then they they take it more uh, more more seriously. Let's say. Yeah, and let's be honest. Some of the the, the more hardcore dancing, like Cuban salsa or even salsa, mm-hmm. just in general, and they are very like if you do it properly, it's it, and it's not yeah. just learning new steps, but it's actually practice as well. By the end of the lesson. Your like shirt is gonna be soaked. Like you actually need to mm-hmm. <laughs> change your clothes. It's it's yeah. no it's no like a simple business. You go in there and just move around a little yeah. bit. And uh, I think that was something like um, one uh, at least one month ago. I was leading one uh, one dance class which was solo, and usually I I know I know let's say. I know that it's pretty much a light, uh, light class that I don't really need to do tricky stuff or uh, <laughs> particular energetic. But uh, last month, all of a sudden, I, the beginners group was extremely competitive. It was like, <laughs> I do this. Yeah, it's fine. Give me a snacks. Okay. I give you more, something more complicated. <laughs> and there were a moment in which on the special, this group, I had to really start preparing myself physically because I knew that after the class I would be that tired because they were just keeping on, uh, okay, this is fine, it's fine. So I had like really some dancers that were really competitive and they were really able to to try different things and even use more energy and really, yeah, uh, yeah I was, uh, there was really some class in which I was really feeling that tired <laughs> because of this. But now you have a lot of helpers in the studio as well, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. So how was it starting the business in uh, Estonia? Like you said, it's complicated in Italy compared to Italy. How is Estonia for you? Well, uh, <laughs> there was this moment in which uh, when I started, they were already introducing this uh, Estonian um, corpa- company registration portal, mm-hmm. uh, portal mm-hmm. and they were gloating the fact that... Um, that uh, it's possible to create a company in Estonia within uh, 18 minutes, mm-hmm. which is something like a Guinness World Record or something <laughs> like like this. Did you time it yeah? for you? Did you time it when you started doing it? Uh, I guess I was actually timing it. Okay. Uh, then I realized that, uh, well, 18 minutes, so in the case in which then the people on the other side of the wire were ready to press the button. So technically, yes, if everyone is on the alert, uh, yes, but of course uh, it doesn't work this way. Uh, so usually if I submit a document to the Estonian institutions to, to create something or to change something in my company, then I get uh, a quick answer in one day if everything is fine or a nasty answer in five days if <laughs> something is not fine because they say uh, you forgot to put this to put that you have to correct and um, and so on which is pretty understandable uh, time and of course uh, it also makes you think that if they take too much time seems it probably means that you have done something wrong oh. and they are just preparing you the answer to ask you what exactly need to be to be fixed but uh, i was uh, generally surprised about how it is it is especially for uh, uh, european citizens because they i know also experience from other uh, people from outside europe in which they have quite a number of more uh, quite a number of obstacles uh, but uh, for if you don't have uh, this kind of obstacles if you are a member of uh, european union generally everything goes extremely extremely smooth mm-hmm. so you create a company you make your uh, submit your documents uh, you make the transfer for what's concerned like taxes and so on 
you go to the bank, you, you make a bank account and you are pretty much good to go, which is, uh, in my opinion, absolutely, absolutely amazing. That's one, one thing, uh, that I really love probably about Estonia that eventually, uh, the, um, you really have a concrete possibility almost at all times to, uh, do what you wish to do. If you have an idea, if you have uh, a concept or just, you want to run a business that you particularly like, uh, you, you have this possibility. Mm-hmm. You don't have to face uh, obstacles that might have sense or might not have sense or might appear just, for example, of conflict of interest. Uh, you might, in some countries, you might want to open a, um, open a shop and still have problems because, uh, maybe there is a similar shop, not so far away. And, uh, you know, mm. the friends of each friends say, yeah, but if you don't do this, because otherwise then will be, that person will be pretty much annoyed and so on. But here it's not, or, or, or even at that school, I guess it's like, uh, in, um, in other countries. And in Italy as well, if you do that in school, then people will uh, just ask you, but do you have the competence for that? Do you think that it's mm-hmm. correct, that it's fair to do this school when there are like four dance schools in the, in the town and so on? Mm-hmm. So you will always have kind of like a little bit of problems to, to, to go through. Um, in Estonia, I guess you don't have of all of these problems. Like yeah, people nobody asks you yeah. whether you actually can <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you you have the possibility to 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 do this, and if you really like and you really love what you do, and you are able to convince the people that your idea, your business, is genuine, and then the people will will come. Mm-hmm. And that's the same also with the dance business. In the moment in which I started, I had only the people that were that knew what salsa was other than uh, a sauce. But uh, I guess at a certain moment, uh, I start realizing how when you when you realize that you have done something good for the community, then people will talk with other yeah. people and uh, will make your will will validate your business as genuine. And so people will come back here and say, say yeah, yeah, you go there. That's that's a very nice place. So this is something that I kind of like love from Estonia. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like, uh, I cannot say it's land of opportunities, but at least they make uh, every opportunity worth, let's say. Oh. Yeah, so or very easy to realize. Yeah. <laughs> is it, do you think it's because Estonia is so small or that we are, you know, capable of doing this so simple? Or? Being small is uh, definitely, definitely a factor because uh, you can still like, uh, the whole of Estonia is still less people than uh, the sixth biggest uh, city in Italy. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we are talking about something that, of course, in a small scale, yeah. wor- works uh, works best. But I think that uh, in a certain way, especially for what concerns like uh, innovation. Uh, for things like how early uh, wireless internet has been adopted in Estonia and uh, mm-hmm. how this uh, digitalization of all the bureaucracy has been done mm-hmm. in such early stage uh, has definitely paid, paid off. Uh, in Italy, something like uh, 
uh, in Italy, it's kind of interesting. We still, not everywhere in the, in the country, we have um, a digital, um, not digital, a plastic ID card with mm-hmm. uh, digital certificates. On a search point that uh, many Italians have a paper ID card, and when you go to some uh, country abroad, like for example in London, mm-hmm. you can see signs on the wall and say, uh, for all the Italian people, please don't use the ID card. We don't trust it. Please use a password because it's more. It looks more like our own passwords. Let's say. Let's put it in this way. This uh, thing, or things like uh, digital identity. Um, we have this uh, certified email, so you can technically now sign the sign your documents. But uh, the process for uh, getting such a thing, uh, you still have to go to the um, post office because mm-hmm. it's pretty much where <laughs> you get all this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this important stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and still, you know, that you have to, you have, you have to up for a, for a, um, for a long wait. Like <laughs> there has been a few times in which I, 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 I was in Italy. I was telling, uh, to my mother, it's like, uh, I'm going to the post office. Mm-hmm. I say, what? I say, but why you, and the, uh, she already know that I, maybe I need to go to post office because I need to do some bureaucratic uh, thing mm-hmm. like, uh, I know this, uh, certificates or even for paying for, uh, some bill that I could not do online. And, uh, we already know that, uh, as it's the times are always so extended, we have to use strategical times, mm-hmm. for example, lunchtime. <laughs> because you know for example all the Italians usually eat around 1 or 2 2 p.m mm-hmm. so it's good time to go to the post office at that time because you know that there will be less people so this kind of um, th- this kind of uh, funny funny things let's say mm. you mentioned a bit about your mother and family like i've heard that italian families like are like super tight and like mothers don't want their sons to move away far how is it for you and how how did your family what did they thought about you moving away um, i think especially in south italy it's not surprising if uh, for example a person is living with some family until uh, they are ready to until they get married uh, okay, uh, don't think it too, in a such a too exaggerated way, but for example, uh, it can be that uh, one person is living with his own family mm-hmm. and his uh, fiance is living with, with uh, her own family. They decide they're already in, like, in relationship for many years, but they usually do not uh, live together. Or if they live together, yeah, it could be something like, uh, how to say, in some rental apartments. It depends on the cities. And uh, maybe they go and make a mortgage, they buy a house of their own, and uh, they start living in the house that they bought. And that time they have to, they start putting money together to, uh, not repair it, I mean, to put furniture and so on. And when the house is uh, ready, mm-hmm. they finally get married <laughs> and they mm-hmm. move in. Okay. Which it is, is very pragmatic. Yeah. <laughs> Which means, makes, which means that basically it's not surprising that people, for example, get into a relationship, uh, in a serious relationship around, uh, 20, 25 years, uh, of age. And maybe they are getting married when they are 30, 30 mm-hmm. something. And, uh, and then they basically set a family and then they start, for example, planning about kids and, 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 and so on. So it's, uh, 
way different than uh, other countries in which you can expect uh, uh, children, uh, uh, I mean, person to live on their own. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the, com- let's say, it's what happens commonly. So, of course, it's not like everyone does that. Uh, for example, uh, people that uh, have to go study uh, outside of their own uh, outside of their own uh, city, like the universities in other cities, then they move out, they move out, they live in dormitories. And therefore that's um, something something else. And maybe they rent and they decide to live there on their own rental apartment. But uh, yeah, this is something uh, pretty common. In my case, for example, I moved out when I finished my university, also because of lack of uh, reasonable options, because my university was something like... Uh, half kilometer from my home so (laughs) what is the reason to move out if you the only thing you have to do is go to university you are uh, and Mm. you are there so there was no reason for me to Mm. just move out because i had to move out but uh, the moment in which i realized that uh, i my interests my professional interests were outside of my hometown then that was the that was pretty much the time so Mm -hmm. that's how it went and um it, in my case, my personal case, it didn't really happen like planned, but uh, it was um, it was something like um, I was uh, I was uh, traveling. I was actually doing this uh, uh, project in Estonia that I was mentioning before, mm-hmm. and on the way back, uh, I got an offer. I got a short time offer for a project in Paris, mm-hmm. and the only thing I did to did this was calling my parents. And say, hey, I come home tomorrow, and then uh, in two days I have to move to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were saying, "Wait one second, But the the, the first part was, um, "Okay, I'm happy for you." The second thought was, "Wait, Matt, tomorrow the shops are closed. How can you get your stuff for for the trip?" <laughs> and that was pretty much how it uh, how the whole thing un, un, uh, unfolded. Let's say. So yeah, eventually, eventually, uh, we Italians will not move out of home until there is a specific reason for that. Mm-hmm. It's not like okay, you finish your uh, you are eighteen, you are twenty, now you have to go because you have to go. They find a concrete reason, and especially because it's difficult to at the beginning to be absolutely independent because either you study or you work. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to do both of them. Uh, they prefer to stay at home until they finish the university. And when the university is done and they are ready to get a job, then they can consider starting renting or buying mm-hmm. their house of their own and therefore moving out. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a sister and uh, she stayed in Italy. She didn't, uh, she didn't uh, decide to travel <laughs> abroad. Mm-hmm. Although it was uh, interesting because... Um, I, at a certain point, uh, we were kind of like, um, I was the one that was the international one. <laughs> um, like she was actually the, the tracker for my family. Like, uh, because, you know, at that time we didn't have like this apps in which they mm-hmm. can, sh- you can share your location. So uh, a lot of times my parents were asking uh, my sister, can you call Marina and say, and ask him where in the world is right now? <laughs> and I, she was calling me or sending a message, where are you? I say, I'm in uh, Budapest right now because it's mm-hmm. where I'm going. Or maybe I'm for uh, some trip. And uh, my sister was uh, 
there was a map of Europe in my in my <laughs> in my in my room, and she was putting a uh, this kind of like pin <laughs> so that my parents could see what exactly in, the, in Europe I was in that moment. Have they ever come to visit you here in Estonia? They did uh, quite a few times. I. For them, uh, last time they came here, it was uh, it was fun in a way because uh, you know when the, when it's summer in Italy, especially in the southern Italy, it might be quite hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the temperature may be like 35, 40 mm-hmm. degrees. So coming here, it's uh, basically like being. Uh, in Italy, but with the air conditioner on. So like you just have this uh, continuous breeze. breeze of fresh air that you are basically are waiting for several months because from June till August, there is no way that you're going to get fresh air in, in, uh, in, my, in my hometown. So they are absolutely happy. So they enjoy their time. A bit less my, my father. Uh, my father always has this, um, has to, has this kind of a little bit conflict with uh, Estonian coffee. No. Oh, okay. Are, fir- are we ruining it for for him every time he comes here? Well, the first time it was something like uh, he, he wasn't prepared, so he uh. didn't realize that he, every time he comes to to Estonia, he has to bring his own uh, coffee. coffee machine. The you know the classic mocha that you mm-hmm. put coffee on. So he and the places, especially the, the first time he, he came to Estonia, the places that were serving. Italian espresso were quite limited. Maybe there were mm. maybe one or two. Now there are more. But the story was that uh, uh, at a certain time I was at work, so I could not be with them all the time. And uh, I got reports of stories that my father was trying to ask uh, the, um, the, a coffee from the from the cafeteria. And he was watching the coffee. And every time the coffee was for him too much, he was doing with a hand sign, like, stop it, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Because he didn't have any other way to express himself in, in, the, in that moment. So for him, he was um, absolutely... Surprise and not in a positive way that uh, he, the Sony Express was something like three or four times the size of um, mm-hmm. of an Italian espresso. Mm. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. But there's also the fact that we don't. There is not this kind of like um, uh, in Estonia you don't find this uh, kind of like uh, uh, Italian culture of the um, bar for a coffee. Mm-hmm. When you go to Italy, you want to uh, you just go for a coffee. You don't even uh, sit down. There is this kind of like yes. big uh, bar, bar stand. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You go there, you ask a coffee, they give you the coffee like in, let's say, 30 seconds. It's something like <laughs> there is uh, sometimes one person is like two coffees. Okay. Three coffees, four coffees. <laughs> and they just, uh, they just serve coffees with uh, lightning speed. Mm-hmm. You get the coffee, you sweeten uh, it as much as you like. You put some sugar or cane sugar, whatever. You chat a bit, you drink your coffee, maybe you get some water for um, for uh, for cleaning, and off you go. So it, the, <laughs> the coffee in Italy can be something like you enter, you get the coffee, you spend two minutes and you're out. And okay. it's something that in Estonia has never arrived and probably never will be. <laughs> so for us, it was something like, uh, even for, I guess, in for some places, uh, it was even surprised that you go and my father was ordering a coffee and the, the person at the bar was 
not understanding why my father was not sitting down. Yeah. But he was there on the, on the, on the table, basically nearby, near the, the cash machine. Yeah. He was waiting to shoot yeah. for the coffee, but yeah. in Estonia it takes a bit of time, yeah. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, you have to do, you have to do th- things a different way, let's say. But is it only about the speed of getting the coffee and the size, or what, is, what does he think about the taste? Uh, was, was that a disappointment as well? <laughs> Well, in my case, you know, I guess Italians have this thing that once they adopt a coffee, mm-hmm. they will stick with it forever. Okay, so, so a I certain have, brand, you mean? I have a brand, yeah. Uh, so okay. there is a brand that in Italy we we use that is Saikaf, which I guess I haven't seen uh, in uh, in Estonia at all. Uh, and uh, I know that my parents are always buying that one, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about several years. Mm-hmm. So even uh, things like, for example, Lavazza, which is mm-hmm. also good, Ita- good Italian coffee, and you can mm-hmm. find it in um, in uh, in Rimi or some other Estonian store. Um, he, he never liked it back in Italy. He wasn't liking it uh, here in Estonia as well, and so on. When I ask him uh, to check out some uh, Estonian coffees, like for example, uh, I don't know, Karlova coffee, mm-hmm. or uh, for example, coffee that are from the roastery of uh, caffeine, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, yeah, you have this kind of like face expression that yeah. you can <laughs> really understand that, okay, it's not my test, it's not <laughs> some. So you you always have to realize that no matter what you know, that you will probably not find because they are just, uh, once you love that coffee, then you will just stick for mm-hmm. it let's say so uh, that's how 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 many times of course not everyone for mm-hmm. me for example coffee is coffee is coffee but uh, <laughs> still Ouch. and you know what the la, the la, i was surprised actually mm-hmm. um we are uh, uh, we always have been doing coffee with this uh, mocha um, mocha machine mm-hmm. but uh, last time i went to to italy I surprised that they convert themselves to capsule machine, oh. which was for oh. me something like, wow. what the hell are you doing? This is <laughs> something I never seen in my life at all. And I will never expect. Oh. So, and it, it was fun because it's like, I, I really like capsule machine because I'm really something person that really wants to have his coffee right now, right then. I don't, I don't want to do, waste my time to yeah. handle, yeah. um, uh, handle machines and, and what, whatsoever. I want to press a button and have my coffee. And so I was surprised that I had it. And still then, they only buy the capsules of that coffee <laughs> oh. brand. <laughs> well, at well, least you can, you know, blame them for not being loyal. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Do you know that there's a coffee festival in Tallinn? Uh, I heard uh, I never had the chance to, to visit myself. Hmm. So now with all this coffee talk and everything else, um, do you have a like a certain specific Estonian word that you think is weird or that you love a lot? Because or... you um, know some Estonian now. You mm-hmm. told us already. It's pretty yeah. conversational. I've had a discussion with you. You must have a favorite yeah, word. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the fact is that um, I, I probably had the opportunity to get a language course only in the first semester that I was mm-hmm. in, in Tartu. And I was basically following the language course that uh, every uh, exchange student follows. (laughs) And um, so at a certain point, then I realized that uh, 
I the 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 language course were not fitting with my work schedule, so I started learning the language by myself. And uh, in the first um, at the beginning, I was mostly learning the language from uh, from TV mm-hmm. because um, whereas in in Italy everything is dubbed. Mm-hmm. So we will never find subtitles, but everything has to be dubbed uh, in their own local language. Uh, in Estonia, yeah, you find quite a lot of material and content that is just in original language and they just put the subtitles. So at the beginning, my understanding was something like, okay, this is how you say this. This is how you say oh, that. Okay. This yes. is how you say this other one. And in a certain moment, I started putting all elements together and... Um, and um, and make my my Estonian uh, knowledge more more complete. Let's say, in mm. uh, a certain part, a certain moment, I realized that I don't have to rely this too much. There were moments in which, for example, I was with my friend in the, at the movies, uh, and you know, at the moment in which you see some action movies uh, like I don't know John Wick or um, yeah. any any action movie that can that has. Action. Let's say action. <laughs> Usually action is uh, connected also with a lot of um, language, let's say a lot of insults language. <laughs> so without having to flag your podcast, uh, <laughs> the, the idea is like I, I, I was kind of like always um, um, f- getting this impression that, you know, you, you hear some insult on the movie and then automatically down you read the subtitles and that one is impressed your memory <laughs> so at the end of the movie uh, while I was walking home I talk with my friend and say so can I just say this sentence when I want to insult someone and my friend yes but please don't do that <laughs> and uh, and therefore now I I had that small vocabulary of uh, <laughs> insults that uh, I hope I hope that I will never uh, have to use but uh, yeah, talking about uh, words, um, I don't have really a favorite word. Although I there are, uh, I always been fascinated for the um, for the word uh. uh why? <laughs> the night. Yeah, it's uh, one the reason why because for example you can uh, connect with different words like for example uh, te, yeah, which is like <laughs> night work. Yeah, yeah, it's right. And, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I always keep it like in a, in a memory because it's like so compact words and so mm-hmm. mystical in its own way, but uh, it has its own uh, it has its own uh, its own meaning. Let's say you pronounce it really good as well. The uh, was it hard for you to learn it, or was it something that you well? Already I knew? would have wished that we. Estonians don't have, wouldn't have a nine, uh, no, sorry. Um, 14? Uh, no, no, I'm talking about only about the vowels. Mm-hmm. So ah, nine different uh, vowels, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, the uh, like uh, <laughs> Yeah. that's always like something that I'm struggling with. Hmm. But uh, the advantage probably from uh, any a point of view of uh, an Italian person is that you don't have these uh, silent letters or silent uh, vocals. It's like you, uh, in Italy, let's say if you have a word, you just pronounce every single mm-hmm. letter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, if you read them no. and Estonians do the same yeah. okay. and it's different for example from other languages yeah. like for yeah. example German exactly. or English yeah. so in, in a certain way I feel relieved of the fact that uh, <laughs> I just have to pronounce the letter that I see and not that I have to include the let- uh, vowels or uh, sounds that are yeah. not there in the, um, in, the, in, in, the, in the word let's okay. say so in a certain moment it's like uh, at the beginning I was always trying to stress how I pronounce a specific specific um, uh, word. The one I'm struggling with always is uh, te, te. te, like tea. Okay. Because apparently there is a difference between te and te. Because when you ask, <laughs> when you try to order a tea mm-hmm. in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. I have to say the word te like a few times after they finally catch it. Okay. What do you think they think before that then? <laughs> because I guess if I see te, I guess it means like do something or something like that yeah, if yeah. I remember correctly yeah, many but, meanings yeah but at the same time it, it's the same word and same pronunciation as well uh, so but the, maybe no, it's no, a problem no. on their side it's a funny <laughs> word because te can be t mm-hmm. te with two e's can be road mm-hmm. te with one e can be teia as in you yeah and then uh, te te with two e's can also be to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was, uh, I was always like, uh, I, I started realizing more often that every time I try to order tea, mm-hmm. I have this struggle. And that's one reason why now I basically order, only order latte when I'm in the yeah, cafeteria. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to dish. Or if I want to ask something like, okay, ask Mulux Roelina Te. In this case, probably there is less confusing, yeah. less confusion yeah. because... You just say, uh, please give me a green tea. And yeah. yeah, there is probably less confusion to, to, of misunderstanding. But if I say just Uxte, mm-hmm. I don't want, I still don't understand why a lot of people will just not catch it. That on sounds the, uh, pretty understandable. Mm-hmm. I would imagine yeah. if you say Bolonte, then it would be confusing because yeah. then it's like, yeah. Yeah. please do. do. Yeah. 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 But Uxte is like mm-hmm. one tea. Yeah. Do you have similar uh, problems with uh, mm-hmm. ordering food? Do you even order Estonian food? Or do you just well, go to Italian uh, restaurants? Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of Italian ones. One part, one part I that I always find uh, funny is that uh, when I go to some place and ordering, um, ordering, ordering food, for example, if I go to uh, some Kirtoit, Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, metro, fasters, McDonald's, mm-hmm. whatever, but mostly metro because uh, uh, my I've been living a lot of years uh, around that place. I there is always been this kind of situation in which um, you uh, I start ordering in Estonia, mm-hmm. and the person oh. already understands that I'm not Estonian and tries to switch to English, mm-hmm. and in that case I realize okay, are we? I will start having a child. Why you answer me in English mm-hmm. if I speak with you in Estonian? That's called the so, Esto- helpful Estonian yeah. syndrome. Yeah. So <laughs> I, t- I started challenging them. So I continued speaking in Estonia. Mm-hmm. And there has been a few times in which we had this bizarre conversation <laughs> in which I speak in, I'm in English. I, I mean, I don't speak Estonian, but uh, I speak in Estonia. And uh, the person in Estonia speaks in English to me. And we go back and forward for four or five rounds back and forward. <laughs> And of course, at a certain moment, we start laughing because we are absolutely two idiots in this situation. 
<laughs> but uh, eventually, let's say we we laugh, and uh, she finally gives me the the food, and I'm, I'm uh, I am on my way. Let's say I know that the really Estonian kind of like appreciate the people about if they yeah. speak their own local language. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are too appreciative uh, because, for example, the, it happened even a couple of times in which uh, maybe I've been saying only a couple of words like, uh, ah, could you slap? Mm-hmm. And they say, ah, vega hasti. Sorry, vega hea hasti. What the hell? I only say two words. <laughs> you, and then I, another time, they don't even allow you to continue speaking yeah. in Estonian. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like, I know that he wants to compliment and encourage me because I've been starting approaching it in, in, in Estonia, <laughs> but I would have at least appreciated that would have let me speak a little bit more than j- just a couple of words, just to I feel that I'm not treated like a, like too naive, let's say, mm-hmm. so put, it, put it this way. But, um, and yeah, talking about uh, food in general, uh, interesting enough, but uh, I, the food that was actually one of the reasons why I prefer, as I say, I mentioned before that I was in, uh, in Finland for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I came back to Estonia because in a in certain way, I appreciate more the Estonian food than the Finnish Ooh. one. <laughs> what is the difference? I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we, I, I found it with more taste, which I don't know if that means that it's less healthy or just more tasty, let's say. But uh, in, a, in, a, in a sort of way, I realized that there are, like, there are a few things about Estonian food, um, even like simple stuff, like for example, the, um, for example, this, um, um, what they call it, used to worst. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, yeah. I'm talking about the version that you know it's packed in like in a big uh, big package and you have mm-hmm. to open it and then you yeah, have to cut slicing, slices, yeah. which it's... is mostly like a sausage that you give to kids, let's say. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Yeah, sausage <laughs> but, that has cheese inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, this was one one something typical. You probably would not uh, find it in Italy, like you wouldn't find many other things, <laughs> let's say. And uh, the fact that eventually. I'm not so picky about uh, food. I mean, I can find uh, good, uh, good Estonian, uh, good Italian food, but I don't feel the need that I have to only seek for Italian, uh, for Italian food. It made me appreciate the the things that I that I find here. Um, for example, I really like sapik, which is sapik. Sapik. Uh, Sapik. Okay, okay. I see. <laughs> you noticed that the, my pronunciation was not uh, fully understandable with oh. the with the letter E. Sorry, it's okay. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the um, and uh, because we do not have this kind of like brownish bread, mm-hmm. it's like so, we have we only have actually white bread, yeah. and uh, and so this variation is something that I really started appreciating uh, appreciating a lot. And uh, what I like like a lot, uh, I kind of li- I really like kohuka. This was something <laughs> like uh, I didn't like it the first years. I what I, was wrong with it in the first years? <laughs> because maybe I was more col- more uh, connecting it with this kind of like uh, cheese that you give for kids. Oh, okay. okay. And, so now uh, it's not? <laughs> when I realized that, uh, the because I guess, uh, you know, there is this kind of va- va- variation of cook that is yeah. the most popular. Mm-hmm. So I guess at the beginning I was only uh, checking that one. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize or I got to know 
a bit later that actually you have many variations with yeah. many different tastes and so on. So when I realized the var- variety of cookies that you can try, then you can just look and you find the, the one that you like the most. In my case, the one with chocolate, for example, in, uh, and uh, then you start sticking with that. And then with that, you start appreciating the other variations. Yeah. But a certain point I, son, I, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like this, this, uh, discarded all of them all to, all together, let's say. Is but, there something similar to conca also in Italian culture? Not that we know, but although we have uh, um, we have uh, some uh, packaged snacks uh, mm-hmm. which are we, we which have the essentially the same ingredients, mm-hmm. and those you can find them in uh, in Italy. Like I guess all the selection of Kinder, uh, yeah, kinder milk snacks kinder that you can find is pretty yeah. much in Italy. You find everything, but uh, this version that is um, yeah. How would you describe kohuka? Yeah. <laughs> uh, call it dance because of course it's more uh, yeah. yeah it's more uh, it's more dance let's say. <laughs> And uh, I will call it like Soviet, but uh, because I know that in uh, in uh, in uh, in, uh, in uh, Russian-speaking countries, then you will find it more uh, more often. This stuff. So that's what uh, will be that you object objectives that I will find. I will connect with Goku, let's say. <laughs> um, and um, what else? Um, How about black bread? You don't have black bread in Italy, do you? We do. Oh, okay. uh, it's just not as uh, not popular. No, 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 no. Gray bread. The the fact of uh, Italian bread is that uh, first we have um, we have let's say bakeries mm-hmm. in I mean like other countries yeah. have, but uh, in our case it's something like you know that you have different type of uh, bread that you there are make be made there on the spot mm-hmm. uh, like uh, within one or two hours and uh, you can also eat a lot of like bread products like uh, this focaccia which isn't like similar to pizza but a bit more uh, more thick and only with with tomatoes mm. or um, so and uh, there the more th- you can find the uh, uh brown or even black bread but uh, there you mostly find white bread cooked in different shapes and in different uh with a different uh, f- flavors let's okay. say mm-hmm. some people in italy uh maybe they have their own personal not let's say their own trust baker mm-hmm. and the baker is making the bread done with their own uh, specific um taste like my, i know my mother was <laughs> like uh, for a for a while she was uh, ordering a bit more sweet bread, mm-hmm. so the the baker was preparing bread that had a little bit extra sugar, oh, wow. okay. and she uh, the baker was pre- making like one kilogram of this bread only for my mother to go and pick it up wow, and nice. uh, just bring it uh, home because that's apparently how she liked the, the most. And of course, we had to to <laughs> sell it. It was, I guess, a surprise in the moment when I realized that I was starting uh, when I I was growing, uh, getting bigger, and then uh, I go into some other places and say, mm, but this doesn't taste exactly like, like at home because then I realized that we we this uh, we had this kind of like um, specific bread that my mother was uh, oh, nice. was ordering for us. <laughs> Is there anything you would like other foreigners to know before they move to Estonia, or that they should know? Yeah, that, or they, that should they should know. know. <laughs> Same warning. <laughs> well, if uh, foreigner should uh, come because. Um, well, of course, then one part is like trying to figure out why 
the why the cup why you come let's say um as i said it's like i express my my impressions i i me myself i've been uh, in many different european countries and i saw their parts um when i when i when i was in estonia for a couple of years and then i went to finland I, only then I appreciate more. I, I appreciate. I realize that okay, I like Estonia more, so I want to stay here. Mm. So I appreciate a lot of uh, little things, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, every foreigner that comes here, of course, yeah, they have to find their own uh, environment. They have to find out what they what they like more. They mm-hmm. find out if they like it, and uh, probably for a person that, uh, especially for what concerns Tartu. A person that is more uh, that like that doesn't like uh, too much the metropolitan style that uh, wants to find all the biggest opportunities. Tartu is absolutely amazing because uh, you can call it a city, uh, <laughs> although it's yep. a small city, let's say. <laughs> but the part of this is that uh, it doesn't feel like you are a village village person, like some people say that uh, <laughs> people from Tartu going to Tallinn are uh, like. Uh, yeah, villagers going to the capital. Eventually, it's like you you can realize that in Tartu, you can find everything that you mm-hmm. actually need. There is uh, not much need for you to actually travel outside Tartu to find what you need. And if the, really you don't need something, well, you can order it online and uh, and get it. So yeah. you find a, really a lot of uh, many opportunities. So people that uh, would... Um, People that would uh, would uh, would come here, mm-hmm. then I would really invite them to just discover everything that uh, the country has to offer, and uh, see if there's something that they really they they really like. And so, um, I would recommend them to be put themselves uh, busy, especially during the winter time. Uh, there are so many possibilities, and uh, we have long winters. We have dark winters, and it's good, um, especially good for dancing, right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, being, being being without doing anything at home after uh, after work uh, is not uh, definitely a good idea, especially mm. can get depressing. But, yeah, it, it can be really depressing, <laughs> and I think that yeah, uh, having hobbies, uh, doing activities is something that really can fill your uh, fill up your life. And certain moment you are able to, if you are able to do this, uh, then you can enjoy. You can really enjoy a lot of different uh, a lot of different things. There is so much that uh, Tartu can offer in terms of yeah dance activities or hobby activities. There is really pretty much uh, there are there are really a lot of things sport activities uh, and um, and uh, and that's also because um, one thing that I understood from especially for people from Tartu uh, people from Tartu maybe even uh, more than anywhere else anywhere else in Estonia, they like to they they like to try different things they don't want to stick with the same hobby the same activity unless they really love it of course but they always are looking for something different to do so uh, they might want to do some sport activities and then i say okay now let's try to do something else and uh this works very well for winter and uh, for summer as well. Summer we have now. I'm surprised how many things you can do outdoor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be can be something like uh, going on uh, on a on a balloon or just uh, uh, doing this SUP <laughs> like um, this canoeing 
or uh, there are so many different activities there are even like uh, websites or little shops in which you can see okay let's do what we can let's see what mm -hmm. we can uh, yeah. do today and they offer different packages websites. of mm -hmm. of activities and uh, yeah the variety that i saw is something like uh, even myself i say okay maybe i've done one two three four wow and i'm so long in estonia i still haven't done this 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 and that and uh, this is something that definitely estonia is very good in offering and something that they really should uh, should take the the most out of it mm. nice. is there anything uh, in your bucket list that you haven't done yet in estonia um ah that's quite a good thing mm. Mm. have you been to the islands i've been in uh sarema mm. twice um i haven't uh i haven't gone th really through too many uh, spots because you know in mm. sarema pretty much you have one big highway so you just <laughs> go from the yeah. beginning from the port mm -hmm. to kuresare and uh pretty much the the world stops there but <laughs> and i guess you have this uh spot in between uh that is this place where where i guess um uh, meteorite uh, was uh falling down so they oh, have this yeah. 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 yeah i guess it's on the i guess it's on the way there it's uh, from kuresare to Sarvasare, which is mm -hmm. kind of the most south mm -hmm. spot mm -hmm. <laughs> Kali. yeah yeah but it's towards that area that's what i mean like mm -hmm. it's from kuresare to kali to and then to mm -hmm. Surva, it's on the same direction, no? It's before, uh, like if you start going from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, from Estonia harbor to Kressar, then on this halfway it's Kali. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. ah, okay, I did not know that. Okay, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been in um, the other highland in Yuma, mm -hmm. and I haven't been much to the north of Estonia. It means like uh, I guess only one time in my life I took the bus from Tart to Narva, and that was it. Mm. So all that uh, part of Estonia is still uh, unknown for me. Mm. It's mm. like uh, uncharted territory or so whatsoever. Yeah, to discover. <laughs> yeah, because the the one thing is that, for example, I don't have my own car. I never been a person that uh, likes to just take a car and just go around for places. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the one thing that uh, Estonia in Estonia you can have uh, is that the, the how easy you can get. Uh, uh, things as a service. So, for example, you can get a car as a service, like mm -hmm. a quick, a quick rent. You make a phone call, the car is there, you open the door yeah. and you can ready to go. So eventually I use it when I really need it. Mm -hmm. It can be for transporting stuff or transporting people. But, uh, I'm, as I don't have a car on my own, I never opportunity to, to just take a car and, okay, let's just go take the map and let's see how, mm -hmm. how the, how the car brings us, let's say. So in a certain way, I should kind of like organize myself, have someone that brings me there because I'm still, I'm still thinking that I will take a car when I actually do need it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but of course that's something that I would like to see. Same. But that's very ecological thinking of you. Because yeah. yeah. Tarto is small enough to walk from one side of the city to the other. Or, well, in like last resort, take the bus, but mm -hmm. nobody yeah, really takes the bus here. Yeah, in, <laughs> or I, the bicycles. I yeah. started really, I, I appreciated it a lot uh, when I was, um, when, uh, I mean, I still live in the city center, but uh, until last year, I was really living in the, in the city, city center. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I was like, uh, basically... <laughs> up uh, from um, the um, GMP patisserie, 
the French or from near Ristisa. Mm-hmm. Ristisa yeah. bar. That is so your city. You are city center, <laughs> yeah. So it was so close that, uh, you know, you, you could get out of home at 8.55 and be at work at 9. And of course, that was something like the maximum that you can get of being uh, on, on being uh, comfortable. And the, my dance studio is near um, Quartal, mm. so that adds only maybe five minutes more. So yeah, it was kind of, <laughs> So eventually I realized that, yeah, my, I, I like so much to have everything so close by and up, let's say appreciated the walking from one place to the other one, then eventually you don't feel like you really have to take a car or just drive yourself to two big spots. Unless of course you have to do your own shopping or yeah. look for, for, or you really want to go for a road trip really want, in yeah. Estonia, but I guess in general, you don't really need to, <laughs> unless you have something in your bucket list that you haven't done yet here. The, well, if you consider travel. <laughs> Mm. Winter swimming or going to sauna, parachute and, jumping, uh, visiting Munamaki. <laughs> well, uh, one thing probably I'm in my bucket list, but that's something like um, half challenge. Uh, when I was in, um, when I was uh, active in my student um, organization, I. I was organizing one of these uh, exchanges where the international students come to Tartu for two weeks and mm-hmm. we just showed them different places in Estonia. So we showed them uh, Parno, we showed them uh, Sarema, we showed them Tallinn, Tartu. But on the way back, because the trip, the whole project was supposed to end to, in Tallinn, we took a stop in one place where they had these uh, big um, uh, kicks. The, the big, the big Estonian swing that you can do the, the, the full, uh, kicking, kicking. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So there was a specific place in, in, uh, in, uh, on the way between, um, Tartu and Tallinn, more close to Tallinn, in which they had two of these. Mm -hmm. So it's like you were bringing the whole group uh, and, uh, the, um, and, uh, basically for a couple of hours, we were just enjoying everyone try to, to <laughs> the try the, try the, try oh, the experience. <laughs> it was mostly like everyone watching and uh, everyone that was there tried to jump. And then all of a sudden they were start screaming because they noticed that, um, how, how, how it does feel. Mm. So when I went myself, uh, I, I, well, I knew how to swing. I know how to move my weight. So to keep myself a uh, push. So, I started and uh, apparently I went even uh, too well for a certain point because uh, I was this close to do the full circle. This close to the full circle means that at a certain point I was actually on the on the highest point of the of the kick, oh. but I my speed uh, was ending there. So I was for a few seconds absolutely head uh, upside oh down, <laughs> and in a certain moment I realized what the hell I'm doing here. <laughs> Eventually the kick went back. So I was not able to do the full uh, turn. I did something like 360 degrees minus 10 degrees. <laughs> so I was like nearly there, but so close. The, the, the feeling, the, let's say the, the feeling of being upside down mm-hmm. kind of like took the um, joy out of it. 
yeah, basically I f- felt too afraid. So I didn't feel like I want to to try for a single turn because I say, what the hell am I doing? I'm, <laughs> am I falling down? I'm just going to break my legs on, on thorn. So I basically froze myself. I stopped and I, then I, I just let other people do. So eventually I was, after this, uh, the other people say, oh gosh, you were so close. Why don't you try again? Mm-hmm. I say, no. <laughs> so, so what happened is that now, uh, probably it will never happen, but uh, sometimes I still have this kind of like thing in my, in my wish list that uh, I should, I don't say that I have to go there exactly in that place because mm-hmm. sometimes these mm-hmm. uh, kicks come back even in Tartu, but one wish is like that one day I will be able actually to finally do the, the turn and see how it, uh, how it feels like, let's say. Are you really like uh, strapped onto it as well or no? You get uh, strapped on the feet. So ah, okay. technically so when you are upside down, you technically, don't fall. Technically, even if you, if you fall down, your feet will stay there. Uh-huh. And you are uh, blocked on the on the hands, uh, yeah. but the hands uh, is a loose connection. It's just okay. like you have uh, one strap, but you're not actually not okay, thin. Okay. So you technically, you can put yourself free from the bars at, at any time. Of course you shouldn't, but yeah. uh, the... The idea is that, yeah, you have this kind of like half loose connection. So you still have to keep your legs straight in, in, at any time. So, uh, so yeah, eventually the end of the story was something like, this is something that, uh, eventually it was kind of undone and always kind of like be my wish to, to try. But, uh, that was the, the experience that I had there when I was very close and being this moment in which. <laughs> You are just upside down and you see the people in the, on the ground uh, try to encourage you and you are basically holding there. It's not like the best thing in the world. So Whoa. I, I still have, now I probably, if I try again, then I have to find myself to overcome this fear mm-hmm. and probably be able to learn how to push myself in such a, <laughs> such a way that I don't f- find myself in this situation because it doesn't feel good, let's say. Yeah, mm. kicking trauma. <laughs> Do not try this. And thankfully, I don't think you can get a trauma from uh, wife carrying competitions or any <laughs> other yes. weird Estonian no, sports. No, no. <laughs> that one. Nice. Okay, thank you for being here. So we're going to wrap up. Mm-hmm. And if you like this episode, then share it with some people that you think should hear it as well. And go to our website, foundinestonia.ee, and write to us what you liked, what you didn't like. If you would like to try out kicking as well or about dancing and things like that and find us on our Instagram and Facebook and like <laughs> us and follow us and do just, all the things. Just go to the yeah. internet and just check out Found in Estonia and Marino's dance school and yeah. thank you Marino for uh, yes. stepping in here thank on your you busy very, day. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. And hopefully you get to do your kicking thing. Yes. I will let you know. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.